Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. Thanks for listening and being a part of Mama Said, and thanks in advance for supporting these sponsors in this episode. They help us have this much fun with you every week for free. So enjoy the show. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. No one said being a parent would be easy, but now you don't have to go through it alone. Actress and mother of two, Jamie Lynn Sigler, has teamed up with musician and stay-at-home mother of two, Jenna Paris, to create a safe place where you can confess your worst mommy sins and still feel like you're killing the mommy game. This is Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Hello, mamas. I uh, can't wait for you guys to hear today's episode. We have an incredible woman named Chris Marshall. She's an actress. She's an activist. She's just an all-around great human. And she helps Jen and I continue the conversation for us to figure out how we can start discussions about racism at home, how we can be better allies, advocates, parents, friends, how to show up, what not to say, what should we say, what should we be cautious of, what things should we be asking. She was a wonderful, wonderful guest. I cannot wait for you guys to listen. But before that, support for today's episode comes from Progressive Insurance. Fun fact, Progressive customers qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up for Progressive Auto Insurance. Discounts for things like enrolling in automatic payments, insuring more than one car, going paperless, and of course, being a safe driver. Plus, customers who bundle their auto with home or add renter's insurance save an average of 12% on their auto. There are so many ways to save when you switch and once you're a customer with Progressive, you get unmatched claim service with 24-7 support online or by phone. It's no wonder why more than 20 million drivers trust Progressive and why they've recently climbed to the third largest auto insurer in the country. Get a quote online at Progressive.com in as little as five minutes and see how much you could be saving. This is Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. Hi, everybody. I'm Jamie. Hi, guys. I'm Jenna. And welcome to another episode of Mama Said. Uh, before we get to our wonderful, beautiful guest, um, Jenna and I have heard from you guys that you're wanting our win fails back. And we are going to give what you mamas are asking for. So here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Jenna, I'm going to throw it to you first because I actually don't have any and I need to be inspired to think of one. Oh, I'll help you. Um, First of all, you guys can hear me, right? Yes. Okay, good. Um, Okay. A win is that um, we, (laughs) this is a silly win. We, for the past four nights, we went to my parents' little like vacation house um, where they've been staying all quarantine. And um, we haven't been staying with them, but they were not there, but we all, the four of us stayed in one room successfully. And I've always been, you know, kind of scared of that. And it's hard to put one kid to bed and then the other. And it's just like such a, it could be such a negative thing. Like, well, ugh, like such a, such a, um, like a fear that like no kids are going to sleep and yeah. it went really well. Wow. That's not easy. It's Bravo. Not easy. We put, thank you. We put Daisy to sleep and then we waited like 30 minutes and then put my little sleep Daisy was in a pack and place. She didn't care. Um, and it was great. I would like, I could, you know, we could live in one room for the forever. It's been done before. It's been done before. Um, okay. Fail is that (laughs) I, um, Milo has been a little rough with Daisy. Mm -hmm. Uh, not a little, like a lot, like he literally doesn't like, he doesn't hit her 
in private anymore. Like it's in front of me. He doesn't right. give a, yep. okay. So today I was like, my, and he doesn't, he's not like, a, he's, he's a sensitive soul, but he's, he doesn't get like sad very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so today I was like, you're, you're being mean. Like you're, you're, um, you're being a mean boy right now. Like I, I could, I hope you never do this at school. I hope you never, you know, and as I'm saying that, I'm like, that's not nice to say like a mean boy, you know, I hope he's not at the door listening. Milo. <laughs> Um, but he was like, he got so hurt. He goes, I don't want to be a mean boy. So I struck a chord, obviously. (laughs) And he, I was like, but you're very, very mean and rough. And I had to like, try to like change my, my way of saying it. I was like, you're very rough with Daisy. And for no reason, you just hit her and smack her. And, and that's not nice. So it's mean. And he just, he was very, I should have prepared myself for that talk a little bit because he took it as like, no one's going to like him in school type of thing. Um, so you know, I, that's bringing back a memory for me. I remember my mom called me Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> and to me as a young girl, that was like the ultimate insult. She might as well have called me like a cunt. Like that was like the meanest <laughs> thing she could have ever said to me. And I, I can remember to this day being like, <gasps> I am not Oscar the Grouch. Like what? So I feel Milo, but I'm also proof that he'll be okay. He's going to be all yes. right. Okay. You guys, I got my earbuds working. They're sexy. Okay. Thank you. For me, my win today was I was doing my normal. What's today? Is today Monday? Tuesday? It's, it's a day. It's blah, 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 I was day. doing my yeah. weekday. Um, Daddy has his long meeting afternoon thing, car wash, which is like a kills a 20 minute drive through car wash by the time we get there. There was such a long line, and my kids did not want to get out. You guys, I killed a straight up 60 minutes in that car wash line and through it. And I was like, so wow. happy. Cause it was like 60 minutes that I did not have to do any other entertaining. They were in my car. They played with my phone. We listened to music. We went through the car wash. I take that as a win because it was like my whole afternoon was, was entertained. Bravo. Fail. Um, did I say that Jack's cursing? No. Yes. Jack's cursing. Yeah. He's two and he uses, Oh shit. Very often and very correctly. (laughs) And I'm not going to lie, I'm some pretty proud. Like, I was walking behind him, and he didn't know I was anywhere near, so I know it wasn't for a show. And he, like, slipped and, like, got up, and he went, oh, shit. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's That's correct. amazing. I mean, I'm going to use it as a fail, because to some people it might be a fail. But to me, it's not. I think it's cute. Anyway, really um, cute. we are going to take a quick break and come back with our guest, Chris Marshall, Um, We are just going to share our mic for her because she is beautiful and inspiring. We are so honored and grateful that she is here to be with us. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, Our guest today is an incredible actor, Chris Marshall. She's been in so many things, but currently you can see her on For All Mankind on Apple TV. Um, She's a mutual friend of mine of so many. I know you're friends with Jenna, but I know so many people that know you and love you and adore you. So I'm so happy to meet you. Um, And 
Yeah. Hi. Welcome. So hi. I, I, I didn't want to jump in. You were doing such a great job of talking about how awesome I am. I said, <laughs> let her go on, honey. Carry on. I, um, I could, but ladies' mom has only got <laughs> limited time to listen to us. Hi, girls. Thank you for having me. And for any listeners who don't know or can't tell from my voice, I'm black. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> well, I, I just have to say, Chris, you know, because um, after Jenna introduced me to you, and I know you know Odie, and um, reading your Instagram, especially over um, these last couple of weeks, has been informative and helpful. Um, but, you know, it's, it's like what you, you said so eloquently in a post is that it's not your job to educate us and how we can be here and support. And I know you, you felt like when friends were reaching out, like, you know, that you were trying to comfort them almost in a way. And that's, that's not your job. This is not your place. And so for Jenna and I, um, we just wanted to turn all of this over to you so we can listen and be here and support you and understand your journey. Because I think that this is a lot of what it's about is understanding, you know, people's, stories because what we not we might no what we might might not think exists because it's mm. through our eyes is is not necessarily the reality right? yeah so i know go ahead so yeah um well first of all thank you guys for offering for me to come and speak i do think that um you know it's like it's such treacherous territory you know it's like so many people um for so long had their eyes completely sewn shut and didn't see um really just how bad things were and how ugly and, and sort of overt racism was in our country and i think that now that a lot of people are seeing it i think a lot of people are also very frightened of like okay how do i engage with this without also hurting people, stepping on toes, saying the wrong things, being obnoxious, um, asking too many questions and asking enough questions. So I think it's awesome that you guys have put yourselves in a vulnerable position to say, hey, listen, Chris, like, we don't want to be those white girls who are asking for help, but we also want your help. Like, We've got to figure this out together. Mm -hmm. And I will say that, you know, Jenna, when you first came to me, my first response was like, Lord have mercy. Oh God, I got to carry these girls on my back. How's this going to go? And then, you know, my second thought was like, actually, I know you are a clever girl. I know you guys are both from the East Coast. So I, I know that you guys start off with a baseline of already getting it, which is fabulous. Um, and I think for those folks in the MAGA hats who are just the sort of nasty, horrible people who say the N-word, they're the kind of people that, for me, have such an unteachable spirit that there really is no conversation to be had there. Um, right. So I think, you know, to me, the most important work is, like, the nuanced work of people like you guys who get it but maybe have some misunderstandings about what does it mean to do more than just the bare minimum. You know, I know I'm not a monster who says the N-word, but maybe I am doing some things in my everyday life or the way that I'm raising my kid that is just sort of neutral or unaware because I don't know, you know? Right. So and like you I'm said, excited when, to have this conversation. Yeah. And when you said, you know, there's certain people that are unteachable, what we have as mothers and our audience of mothers is we have the teachable at our fingertips all mm -hmm. the time. And so mm -hmm. I think that that's more than anything where we hold the responsibility and, and it's, and it's a great one. And one we're grateful for that, you know, we can, what we can do and, and what, what 
you know, language we can speak with and what things we should make our kids aware of. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I do have a lot of hope in this next generation. I mean, call me naive, but I, I really do because I think that so much is being brought to the surface, which is incredibly painful, Mm -hmm. but um, also incredibly necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I was talking to, um, because I'm not a mom, um, my husband and I have been together for two and a half years and we're, we're just peeking our heads into the conversation of when do we want to start (laughs) having babies. Um, But I did talk to a mom girlfriend of mine who's white, who I said, you know, what are, and, and she is really, she's sort of seamlessly had these conversations with her daughter. And I told her about coming into this conversation and saying, you know, I have this sort of 30 some odd years of experience of being a black woman, but I have zero experience of parenting. And she said to me, which um, I just, I had to write it down because I thought that it was so genius. She said that, um, you know, as a mom, your window of opportunity to impress upon your children really is not actually all that long. You know, by the time they are maybe six or seven, their personalities are kind of formulated. Mm -hmm. And so each day they spend more and more time without you, Um, whether it's that they're at school or later on they're at T-ball and then eventually they're with friends and now they have a car and then they've flown the coop. So like these formative years are really your time to sort of like mold and take this completely precious thing that you've spent years rearing and, you know, nearly a year just physically creating. Um, So why not sort of selfishly use this opportunity to impress upon them? Because truly, if you don't speak to them about race and about how the world is and how it needs to change, if you don't have that conversation with them now, it's not that they won't find out. They will find out. They'll find out from someone else. And God only knows who that person may be. You know, it may be some child in a playground. It may be some cousin of a friend of a friend that they have a slumber party and they learn horrible, terrible things and they tuck it into their little back pockets. And before you know it, your children are walking around with these seeds that are germinating, seeds Mm. of fear or of discrimination or God forbid, hate, totally unbeknownst to you. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's our responsibility as as women, as mothers, as soon to be mothers to begin that work now, even if it's difficult. And you know what? I mean, like you said, where, where the kids start spending less and less time with you, I truly think there's no coincidences. Our kids are with us all the time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is mm-hmm. a very different time than we're used to, you know, and families are, we're all exposed. I, I keep saying, I feel very exposed to my children because I don't, I don't get the break. So they see all of the sides of me. They see all the good, the bad, the ugly, but it's also a beautiful gift because it's these, you know, formative years. And even if you've missed out on some, I mean, these mm-hmm. conversations are coming up at a time when we are all together there's yeah. not much there's not much escape, which I think is why um, finally, you know, there's an, it's seemingly from me, and I I hope you feel it, an immense amount of support and conversation finally happening, because I think there's a lot less distraction right now. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that um, you know, as things become untenable they erupt, you know, the Mm -hmm. same way that like a baby chicken grows out of his shell and has to literally break free. Like this is the way that metamorphosis and change happens in nature, 
and in human, you know, the way that human beings work. So to me, it's no coincidence that, that all these sort of things have happened at the same time. And um, I, I think, Jamie, to your point, I also am very optimistic. I feel like it's best to lean on the side of optimism and maybe be disappointed than expect the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that this is not <clears throat> just some moment in time like murder hornets. I hope that it actually moves forward mm-hmm. to a real lasting conversation. And I think part of that work is planting those seeds in our children so they can go along and they can carry that that in their being, in the marrow of who they are, what it means mm-hmm. to not see color. That's the opposite of what we want is to not see color. We want to mm-hmm. see color, see difference, and see it as beautiful and worthy and value and important. Mm. I bought a lot of books in the last few months. And while I think and I sit here be like, well, of course I'm not racist. I, I love people of all color. But I'm not teaching my kids anything beyond mm-hmm. that. And so mm-hmm. I know... I know that, um, you know, you lead by example and you show your children that you could be friends with all different types of people, religions, races. But I mean, you know, I, I just feel, and I know that there are a lot of people like me that I just didn't do my part and now's the time. And I know I've said this before, Jamie, and, you know, I, I feel like, that's my way of saying, okay, like this is where I was wrong. And I'm going to start now educating my kids with books. Jenna, and that's I how think, I'm going to start. I think that first of all, I want to commend you. And like my, my heart is like, it was already open and now it's just, it's oozing because um, I think that your first step of just recognizing like, I'm a really good person, but like I haven't held up my end of the deal mm-hmm. is such, again, I come back to this word teachable, but it's just like you're entering this space as a mother, as a teacher, as a human being with such an openness, which I think is so imperative. You know, I have white girlfriends who I've had these conversations with where I've sat mm-hmm. with them and said, hey, listen, sweetie, I love you so much, but I do want to tell you that there's some things that you've said that... I think maybe you're a bit insensitive. And now that the world's having the conversations, you know, one of the posts I'm sure you're talking about Jamie earlier that I wrote was I talked about how, and I'm going to take a quick diversion from what I was saying about Jenna being amazing, which she is, I'll come back to it. But to say that, um, (laughs) you know, part of, I think my experience, and I think it's a probably pretty universal experience of black people in America is that in many ways you do learn how to be a bullshit artist. You know, Mm -hmm. you learn to, Um, find ways to maneuver in a workplace, maneuver with your girlfriends and you're at a dinner party and someone says something crude or rude and everyone Mm -hmm. has a big laugh and you don't want to be the hypersensitive black girl who says that it was offensive. And so you laugh and on the inside, you wish you could go home early. Um, So that experience, like I've been doing that since before I could even formulate words Um, So now I am also having to unlearn what that means to keep people comfortable at my own expense. Mm -hmm. Now I'm realizing like, okay, there are ways, not that I should go around being contentious, but there are ways that I can let people I know and love, hey, listen, um, that really didn't sit right with me and be okay with them being uncomfortable for a little while. So going back to Jenna being awesome, which she is, is that the way that you're approaching this of saying for yourself, you know, you're calling yourself to the carpet and saying, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I got to do better. And I hope that the women who listen to this, just the people who listen to this um, can learn from your example if they're not 
seeing that in themselves because mm-hmm. I do think, you know, the sort of buzzy term going on right now is white fragility. And I'm seeing a lot of my girlfriends very quickly tighten up, you know, like, like a hot pan put into cold water, just like, whoa, I, I don't know if I should do anything differently and I'm doing all the right things. And it's like, mm. okay, babe, like, I love you, but I'm telling you that you're actually not doing all the right yeah. things. And so rather than coming at it with, um, which many people don't realize, but, you know, when someone black tells you something was racist or insensitive, you kind of have to just believe them. Um, mm. And by pushing yeah. back and saying, no, 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 no. It wasn't a microaggression. By defending it, yourself. It, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So you just mistake, you mistook me. Um, you didn't quite hear me. You didn't see the other things that I was doing before I said that. And it's like, well, this in this moment is what the work is. Yes. So I think yeah. just sort of saying like, you know what? I got work to do is like the first more. step to doing better. Hi guys. We know why I love Theragun, but let me tell you why you are going to love Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it is as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because an all new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that is so quiet, you will wonder if it is on. And I promise you, I've seen all of the prototypes. I live with a Theragun man and it is amazing. You will be soothing your aching muscles with its signature power and effectiveness and amplitude. And now you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Gen 4 with an OLED screen. It has a personalized Theragun app and it's the quiet power you need. It's starting at only $199. So go to theragun.com slash mama right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. Again, that's theragun.com slash mama theragun.com slash mama. You're listening to Mama Said with Jamie and Jenna. You know, people don't believe like, oh, I've had good intentions. I would never have any ill intentions. But I always feel like you can never tell someone what they are feeling is wrong. You know, every, everyone has different lenses and different experiences that they come from. And I think that if people were able, would be able to just let their guards down and, and people like Jenna, like me, like people that we know, like we're talking about where, you know, I think the people you're saying that are tensing up is like, they don't like to feel guilty. They, you know, they didn't have, they, they don't feel like they're racist and that you're not saying that they are, but there's no. behaviors right. that have been learned or seemingly were acceptable or that they never felt like they had to do for the sake of others and others that they actually love and care about like their right. friends. So I think that, yes, I think Jenna, the way you are, um, kind of explaining this is how, is how many of us feel because we, we want to do better and we can do better. Mm-hmm. And the conversation is finally here and how we can. And I, something you wrote on Instagram, I don't know if it was a post or if it was a story or if you were talking, um, but you said that when people say to you, because you're married to a white guy, mm-hmm. when people say to you, oh my God, your babies are going to be so beautiful, mixed baby, black and white, mm-hmm. that is something you don't like hearing. No. You said it. You said it's it's because. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I, I think it was a story, and I, I glanced at it. But you said it's well. So what if I was married to a black guy? Would like my baby not be as beautiful? Is that what you're right. saying? You you correct me if I'm wrong. But can you go into that because a lot of people say that. Um, 
And it's just something that needs to be heard right now, especially for all of us moms. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that that resonated with you. And I got a ton of direct messages of so many friends going, oh my gosh, I see so clearly now. Um, so basically, you know, what I was saying in the post and I'll say now is that my husband's white and as, you know, as white as it gets. And folks say to me all, all the time, well, you guys will just have such beautiful mixed babies. I really love mixed babies. They're the most beautiful. And when they say that, I know full and completely that their heart is in the right place. They're trying to give mm-hmm. me a compliment. They're trying to say something really lovely and inclusive about our partnership. What they're also doing is they are um, encouraging and validating a longstanding narrative in our society that the darker you are, the worse off you are, the less value you are, the less beautiful you are. The lighter you are, the more pretty you are, the more blue your eyes are, the less thick or nappy of your hair, you're going to be so much more beautiful. There's no coincidence that America's first black Miss America was Vanessa Williams, Mm -hmm. who was biracial. Um, So this sort of palatable, um, acceptable, I'm using finger quotes because these are the terms that I hear, um, this sort of the ways in which blackness is diluted in culture Mm -hmm. is what makes um, a mixed person more beautiful to the common person than a dark skinned person. So I have no issue with someone saying that my baby will be beautiful, but I hope they say my baby will be beautiful because I've got legs for days and great skin. Mm -hmm. That's why I want someone to say my baby Mm -hmm. is beautiful. Not because my baby will have tan skin and have straighter hair and have green eyes. Because what you're actually saying is that that mixed baby is so beautiful, but me, little Chris Marshall, born 30-something years ago, was not beautiful because both mm. the, my black parents made me. And so when I was little and I grew up seeing mixed girls and commercials, very few black girls or women of color at all, but when I did see it, it was always you know, mixed race girls. Um, I ingested, along with every other dark-skinned black girl in America, that I was ugly. And so it took me easily until my early 20s to finally begin to not absolutely disdain being dark-skinned. By the grace of God, I think both getting older, um, by being in a loving marriage, which turned into um, you know, a nearly decade-long relationship, I began to see the value and the beauty in myself. And now, like, I, I, I think my skin is my best attribute. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is not a shade at all to biracial people at all. And I hope that my words are understood in their, in their intention and not it, misinterpreted no. or mistaken. Um, that's not the point at all. What it is important to say, though, is that we have to, not just with books and dolls, that's important as well. But we have to make sure that our children see us say out loud, that black baby is beautiful. That black woman is beautiful. Because that is where children ingest um, value. That's how they see in their minds that a $10 bill is worth more than a $1 bill. Like Mm -hmm. we're teaching them what the society has decided are the constructs that pennies are less than nickels and nickels are less than quarters and black is less than white. We teach them those, those yeah. things the same way that we teach them that a backwards three is an E that we teach them. So we have to actively unteach them, not just subliminally through books, but say to them, this is beautiful. 
Isn't yeah. that cool? Don't you like that? We have to encourage that because they won't just get it on their own. Yes. Right. I mean, the racial inclusiveness and exposure begins at home in these conversations, like you're saying, not by just books and films and, and things. This is, this is about an honest conversation mm-hmm. that, you know, I think people are intimidated to have, but I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had a couple of friends be like, I, I don't, I don't know how to approach this to my kid. I don't want to make my kid uncomfortable. And I was like, it's not about your kid being uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. 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 And also so you, you yeah. told your son at some point he should not show his penis in public. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure every mom has had to say to their little boy, please do not I actually, it encur- I encourage it. In <laughs> <laughs> at some point. And it's not ideal, you know, no. and then your kid is now the kid who won't keep his pants on, but eventually yeah. <laughs> you, you say him enough. And is it comfortable? Is it the conversation you want to have? No, but you tell your kid to chew slowly or you're going to choke, to don't run or you're going to slip, to mm-hmm. keep your pants on because we're still in public. These are the conversations that moms have every day and they don't feel great. Mm-hmm. Additional uncomfortable conversations is once your kids kind of grasp language very early on, every mom says to them, don't let anybody touch you in parts that are private. This is mm-hmm. important. If somebody ever tries to do that, you need to come yeah. and find me. Do you understand that? Your kid doesn't yeah. want to have that conversation and neither do you. But right. if, if you don't, let's not even talk about what could mm-hmm. happen. So that's so I, I, I hear you, Jamie, and I know a lot of women who say exactly that. I haven't had it because I just don't know. And what they have to realize is that just because you don't know how doesn't mean you can't. Because right. you find ways every day to keep your baby safe. Mm-hmm. You have one job and it's to keep this kid alive and you're doing it. So you can continue to do it in this arena as well. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and sorry, and this subject is as important as mm -hmm. telling them that no one can touch you. No one can, you can't take your Mm -hmm. penis out in public. This is, (laughs) people might laugh, but this, this is as important as, as those other topics. Mm -hmm. It has to be, or else this is going to keep happening. Which Mm -hmm. is why I appreciate, you know, I mean, we, people say we live in a bubble here in LA, but man, do I fucking love this bubble because it's why diversity <laughs> is so important in, in, the, in schools because my son at, Jenna knows the story, at four years old, his best friend um, is biracial. His mom is black. His dad is white. And he at three and four years old started really str- having, struggling with it. He didn't mm-hmm. know where, what he identified with and he was having a hard time and he would start to kind of say to the kids in the playground, do you not want to play with me because I'm black? Mm-hmm. I remember my son coming home and being really upset because he got in a fight with his friend. And he's like, why would he say that to me? And it was a conversation. We ended up in- inviting his friend's mom into the conversation. We got to talk mm-hmm. to all of them about it. And I'm, I'm grateful that, that they had to go through that at that young of an age, because I think it's something that they're going to remember and stay with them, stay with them. And it's, you know, and it's something that we continue to talk about. And, it- and that's awesome that you guys, bumped up to a situation that you weren't quite sure what to do with it. And so you just moved through the way that you know best how to, which is you reached out to his mom and you guys mm-hmm. sat down and you talked about it. Like it, it seems like this sort of insurmountable Mount Everest to climb. Like how do I solve race relations with my 18 month old? And that's not what, you know, you need to do. Just put one foot in front of the other. And when your kid comes to you with something that is a humdinger, Take the normal steps that you would with any other issue. I think what you did, Jamie, was awesome. It's exactly what you should do. Yeah. I have a question, Crystal. Yeah, um, hit me. Let's 
fast forward to if and when you are a mama one day and mm-hmm. your kid comes to you and says, mom, <clears throat> I, I, I'm confused. I'm half black, half white. Mm. Kids uh, are starting to say things. I can't identify myself. What would you tell your child? This is a really tough one for me. Um, you know, I, my niece and nephew are biracial. Um, obviously, my sister is black. Her now ex-husband is white. Um, and they are 17 and 14. So I've, I've watched these little people in my life grow up with this, you know, exact situation. Um, for many black people, they consider being biracial as being black. Um, president Mm -hmm. Obama is biracial and he considers himself black. Um, there are countless black people who just say that they're black and they happen to have a white mom. Um, it's a tough one for me because, you know, I don't want to negate my husband's existence. Um, he's, categorically 50% of the equation. Um, but I also don't want to negate, you know, his history and his family and all of those things. Um, for me, and I don't know if this is politically correct or not, but, you know, we're keeping it real here. I see myself as raising black children. Um, and I think that the world will teach my half black babies all about the American Revolution, all about George Washington and how his teeth were false teeth, but nobody will tell them about the fact that his false teeth were made from the pulled teeth of his slaves and made into a set of dentures. Um, so nobody will teach my children about how their people were emancipated, um, the complexities of the Harlem Renaissance and jazz and the ways in which black people have been influential in our, in our community and how they've literally built the fabric of the United States and built the groundwork that we, you know, the White House. Um, so it's important to me to instill those positive and important attributes about Black culture to my children. I have the intention of raising my children as being Black. Um, and when I've spoken to my husband about this, his response was, yeah, yeah, our kids will be Black. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this, you know, I think that people are whatever they say they are. You know, yeah. if you meet a transgender yeah. woman and she says, mm-hmm. I'm a woman. Um, and then you were to say, because you were naive or maybe you're not nice. Well, you were born a man. And she says, well, I'm a woman. Then you right. see her as a woman. You address her as a woman. You let her use the ladies room. And for me, the same is true in this case. Like, I ha- hope that my biracial children will see themselves as black. Um, if they mm-hmm. see themselves differently, then that will be their choice. And I will love them and respect them no matter what. But I think, um, you know, it's okay to ask the question. If you meet somebody who's biracial yeah. and you start to have a conversation with them, you can ask them, like, how do you yeah, see yourself? You-, you know, whatever, it's fine. And they can either answer or not. But um, that's how I see it. But I think also each his own. Absolutely. I like that. I can't wait for you to have your, ba- your babies. <laughs> well, I can, girl. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> yeah, you, gotta get your, you gotta get your house in order. First. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing at a time. I did everything backwards. That's why. <laughs> that works too jay yeah whatever it all works it all works but you know i think that like we said we as 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 mothers and as just as humans in this world and in this country have have um voices and we have opportunity to teach and make a difference and i think that um like you said, with any metamorphosis, I mean, there's, there's, there, 
people are finding a voice finally, and it, it, the voices are filled with pain and anger and frustration, but they're also are being welcomed with ears that are wanting to listen and support mm-hmm. and, and want to be educated and have compassion. And um, you're just one of the beautiful faces and voices that um, we're so grateful that you're you're here with us and and share this time with us because um um Jen and I just want to do our best you know as we friends do. and as as mothers and as just people in this world you know well thank you thank you for um your openness and for your curiosity you know i saw something today um on twitter and it said let's normalize apologizing to children And it just really struck me because, you know, this is not so much about race, but it's more so about parenting. You know, I didn't grow up in a household where my mom apologized to me when she was wrong. You know, Mm. that was like such a foreign concept. It wasn't until years of me being an adult and being in therapy, you know, they say it's not one thing, it's your mother. And I came back to her and was like, hey, listen, you made a lot of mistakes, lady. And she's at first very defensive. But, you know, I think that like, not to toot our own horn, but I think that our generation has begun to evolve in a place where children are not just seen, but not heard. You know, these sort of old school tropes about yeah. where children exist in the world. And I think that there's so much humility and um, empathy in saying to your child, hey, I made a mistake and I'm really sorry about that. Like mommies can make mistakes too. Um, and I think, you know, just engaging with um, your children in that way, both in conversations that are difficult about anything, but specifically tonight we're talking about race. I just think that that's so important, you know, to come from a space where you're open to setting your ego to the side. And yes. um, Brene Brown recently said in her podcast, I'm not interested in being right. I'm interested in getting it right. And I just found Ooh, that so profound. Like, I'm not worried about if I'm right or wrong. I just want to get this right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, our, not to be dramatic, but our days are numbered, you know? And I think, again, going back to like the atmosphere of the world right now, we're in the midst of this pandemic. We're literally seeing um, death and loss all around us. So Mm -hmm. I think now is such an opportune, beautiful time for rebirth and for, um, you know, I personally believe that women are responsible for rearing the next generation, but yeah. like, this is our chance it is. to, yeah, like, I, to, to give birth and to create a society of children who become people who will change the world. You know, I was watching a few weeks ago in the midst of all the stuff about, you know, George Floyd and, and, and watching the, the protesters and the cities burn and all this. And I was just thinking, God, you know, these officers who did this horrible public murder, Mm -hmm. um, these men have wives and they have Mm. children and they have sisters and grandmothers and mothers and family who they are connected to. And whether that family dropped the ball or maybe they think the same way that they do, whatever the case may be, their entire community and everyone surrounding them is adjacent to this really horrible situation Mm -hmm. along the way these men were either set loose or misguided but it you know I I think because I'm in a a, a maternal mind span at the moment it just dawned on me like at some point 
Derek Chavin who killed George Floyd, that was somebody's little boy. That yeah. was somebody's yes. little boy who at one point, his mother either didn't have conversations or maybe had the that's, wrong conversations, but you know, he's that's how I think for himself. But yeah, at some point it's like, if you don't do the work, God forbid yeah. your little boy be that man someday. Somebody is that's where somebody. my brain goes. Mm-hmm. That's where my brain goes. I always say what happened in his childhood. Like every time I hear about this, I, what, what happened? What went wrong? Yeah. What went wrong? As a mother, I always think about that. And I'm like, I'm going to do better. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. pushing and I'm going to do better. I never, this can never, I'm going to do everything I can. So no one ever says about me what went wrong in there. Yeah. You know? no. It's just, it's so, it's just, it, it's mind boggling. I, I, I'm so, it's just, now's the time. Now's the time we well, can all make a change. That's right. We have the greatest responsibility and opportunity in the world as mothers to make and see the change that we wish to see. And um, it's not lost on us and we're going to continue to do our best. Right. Like we said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Chris, thank you so much. You're thank so wonderful. You for having me. And I, before we go, I wanted to yeah. ask you both. <clears throat> is there anything that <clears throat> was on your mind or you've been thinking about that you thought, I kind of want to ask Chris, but, I'm afraid to ask or I want it to come off wrong. Like Jenna, your question about, you know, my children with my husband, what will they be? I think that's a really sort of bold and interrogative question. I'm glad you asked it. I I still don't know if my answer was the right mm -hmm. one or the wrong one, but I want, you know, I want you guys to to know that like this truly is an open forum and hopefully the viewers, the listeners of your show will maybe write in and I could answer some, but is there anything on your mind that you're thinking, actually, I'm wondering about this. Well, Crystal, I, I, the reason I, I wanted to know is because I've said that before mm. and I've said that, I've said that before and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and defend why I've said that because like we've mentioned before, it doesn't fucking matter. It's your thought. It's your feelings. It goes, mm-hmm. it goes deeper than what mm-hmm. I felt. And mm-hmm. I've said that before and I was, I was taught by your post and I will never say that again because I didn't think of. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, it mixed, you know, I'm not even, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how, how, what I, what I meant when I Mm -hmm. say it, Mm -hmm. this is such a teachable moment. I'm just going to, it's like you shut the fuck up and you listen to what Mm -hmm. your uh, description was and that's it. It's as simple as that. You just don't say it anymore. So like, I was really curious because I've said that before. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for, you know, explaining beyond uh, what I, what I even could have imagined, uh, what it meant, like the meaning of that. So, so that was my big thing. Yeah. 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 Um, And you're you're not, you're not alone. I mean, listen, I'm no saint either. I've said things now that I'm having to, you know, re-examine, like you said, you know, um, wow, mixed babies are so beautiful. I've said to people, you're Jewish. You don't look Jewish. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've heard that before too. And it's dawned on me, like, how effing weird and wrong and horrible is that to say? But it's like just these things that you hear and then you repeat and you don't realize how mm-hmm. venomous and dangerous yeah. and hurtful that is. You're yes. just living through your life because you don't know any better. And so, you know, I- I'm, I'm on the hook too. It's so true. It's so true. I've had pe- many people say, oh, you're Jewish. You look Jewish. <laughs> 
but it's and and I always and it, and, it also, and, it, and it can translate also to disability because because I live with MS and I have people say to me, "What do you mean you don't look sick?" Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's but but at the same time, and I know, and I come from a place where I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's okay, but and, mm-hmm. but it's that's not the point. It's my it's an opportunity. It's a teaching opportunity. Right. It's not. I'm not yeah. here to bash you. You didn't know better. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me help but you. You can learn. And so, right. you know, we all need to be more receptive of those mm-hmm. moments, no matter what position we're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just like you said, Jamie, finding ways to, um, to correct a person without, you know, putting heat on the yeah. fastball, just kind of lobbing it up and saying, Hey, um, I know that was probably meant to be a compliment that I don't look sick. But I'm telling you, I have MS. Like, yeah. That's yeah. it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be. So, I mean, not that we're responsible for somebody else's reaction. No. But again, coming full circle back to what I said earlier about, you know, being a liar. I think that we enable bad behavior. You know, I've said that you don't look Jewish thing enough times. And no one ever told me mm. that was a fucked up thing to say. And so I just kept saying right. it. I thought it was a compliment, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and so now, like we can all be in this, you know, not that we're policing each other, but we can lovingly hold one another accountable. Yes. Just like we Beautiful. do with kids and say, Hey, don't touch that. Set that down. You know, like yeah. we don't scream or yell or smack them on the nose. We just let them know with love, but with certainty, yes. Hey, it's not okay. And yeah. then we redirect yes. the conversation. So, you know, I think again, like we're all on the hook for both calling out and also being called out. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. We have a lot of work to do, but we're we all going to get through it. We sure do. Girls, I don't know about you, but I feel like we really solved a lot of problems today. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we just scratched the surface because I'd love to have you back on. You're awesome. You'll, you'll come back on. And and you know what, Crystal? I I am going, if I do have a conversation, even if it's an uncomfortable, I mean, a question, mm-hmm. even, even if it's an uncomfortable one, I am going to ask you. Um, I feel like you're a safe space for me and I feel Mm -hmm. like um, I'm being vulnerable. And if I, you know, if I told you that I've said that about, you know, black and white mixed babies and I feel comfortable enough with you to say, look, I've said X, Y, Z, like, tell me what's wrong with that or, or, or or is that wrong? So I'm going to, I'm going to start asking you more questions. And uh, I think, I think, you know, this, um, this is a whole other tangent and probably another uh, day for a podcast, but I think that the sort of cancel culture is, it's really alive and well. And I think Mm -hmm. um, rather than being in a space of just demoralizing each other, reprimanding each other for making mistakes as best as we can, I think that we all have to just allow everybody some mulligans, you know, allow folks to maybe say the wrong thing when we can sense their heart is coming from the right place. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you hadn't been brave enough to say, Hey, listen, Chris, I know I haven't seen you in ages, but like, I want to have this conversation. Do you mind coming on and chatting with me and Jamie? If you hadn't, we wouldn't be here today. And, you know, I get chills just thinking about like, I, you know, the, the women and the people who listen to this podcast, if only a third of them go on to have another conversation with some other friend, you know, like it just, it, I, I come back to the seeds metaphor, but it continues to just germinate um, mm-hmm. the right kind of thought process and the sort of humility that we want to see 
in the world. Yeah. Um, yes. So I think, I think it's great. And I think if everyone can find people in their lives um, who don't look like them to have some honest conversations with, um, yeah. I think that would really, you know, help us all. Amen. Agree. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you guys. And we're going to leave you with a mama said, remember mama said the way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them. Thank you that. so much. Thanks so much for listening to Mama Said. The Lady Gang Network is produced by Will Sterling, Steve Delamater, Kirsten Woodward, and Elizabeth Bakeway. Thanks for rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcasts and tune in for new episodes every single week. We want to thank all our sponsors for this episode of Mama Said. They are Progressive. Get a quote online at Progressive.com in as little as five minutes and see how much you could be saving. Theragun. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days at Theragun.com slash mama. And remember... All of the info and links to these sponsors will be available in the show notes for this episode. Bye, mamas.